503 in the fast lane. Time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Brad Barnes, Brad Thompson, Chris Ranji, and Randy Carricker. We have Take It or Leave It coming up in a moment. Send in your text to the Home Loan Expert text line 65780. Before we get to Teoli, sports trivia can be pretty hard, but not as hard as the contestants on a recent Jeopardy show made it look. Football 200. Your choice, do or don't name this play in which the quarterback runs the ball and can choose to pitch it to another back. It's an option play. Ryan? <laughs> uh, football, 400. I can tell you guys are big football fans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tom Landry perfected the shotgun formation with this team. <laughs> Dallas Cowboys? <laughs> Ryan? Take it on to 600. Okay, by signaling for one of these, a returner can reel in a kick without fear of getting tackled. Fair catch. Two clues left, Ryan. 800. These penalties are simultaneous violations by the offense and defense that cancel each other out. And they are called offsetting penalties. Let's look at the uh, $1,000 clue just for the fun of it. Jimmy? As Minneapolis's U.S. Bank Stadium prepares to host Super Bowl 52, I'm looking at the Ring of Honor with names from this defensive line that took the Vikings to four Super Bowls. If you guys <laughs> ring in and get this one, I will die. <laughs> Who are the purple people eaters? Well, part of being Jeffrey is being like well-rounded. You know, like, you know a little bit about everything. Yeah, it's like a Saturday Night Live skit there. Nothing. On football, that's nothing. A, that's ridiculous. That would be one where I'd be so excited sitting on my couch. Like, I finally got a few right. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt. Do you guys feel like geniuses, geniuses when you get a couple right on Jeopardy? No. Oh, I, I do. do, yeah. No, I do. I'll yeah. take the rapist for 200. That's therapists. Oh. <laughs> By the way, the uh, Purple People leaders were Alan Page, Carl Eller, Jim Marshall, and Bob Lertzema. Really you know what? Smart I, I'll tell you what. I would give anything for Randy to have been on that panel and, and just getting dominated in every category. And then that pops up and is like, oh, I'm about yes, to run the I table, do. yo. So rumors circulating that NSYNC was going to get back together during the Super Bowl halftime show with Justin Timberlake. Timberlake said, no, that is not going to happen. Take it or leave it, though. You would like to see Joey Fat One and NSYNC get back together. Uh, Joey oh, Fatone. Yeah, Fatone. Yeah. F-A-T-O-N-E. Joey Fat One. I get it. It's Joey Fatone. It's one word. Potato, potato, I, I oh, guess. Okay. Maybe you're looking at a picture. I'd, and then I'd still like to see I'll, it. I'll, I'll take it. Was. By the way, I'm still thinking about Randy at Jeopardy. <laughs> Smug as can be. Oh, no, no. before that category pops up and he's just getting mad, he's like, well, I didn't know we were going to have to know the periodic table today. <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> I know we are going to be doing questions about William Shakespeare. <laughs> guess I should have studied first. Then <laughs> he'd so make it a true double dare. Sports trivia. Double oh. dare cheese. Double oh. jeopardy. Bet you guys are smart oh, now. Huh? Major it all. <laughs> Randy. So I was just seeing on uh, ESPN, apparently Chris Berman has put out his Super Bowl pick. And not to spoil it, but I will. He's got New England winning 24-21. Surprise. Uh, but I, I saw the picture of, of Chris Berman. And it was Chris Berman. And he had his hands up by his face. And he was just talking with his hands. Take it or leave it. Chris Berman has had a conversation in his life where he did not, in fact, use his hands. Take, I'll take leave it. it. Leave uh, it. I'm going to leave it, too. Yeah, there's uh, no way. 
Does it count if he's eating while he's using his hands? Like he's cutting up meat? Does is that count as using your hands or? Yeah, yeah, it does. They're, they're still moving. Okay. Like, you have never, like, I have never seen him, at least on TV, say any words without these puppies going. He's got yeah. the hands going. He's bringing it to you. He's taking it back. It works really well. Back, 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 back. There you go. Is that the Cadbury egg? The Cadbury bunny. <laughs> Different one. Okay. Um, the Wasted Management Open started yesterday in Phoenix. Things oh, awesome. yeah. That is, I, I don't know how this became the thing where the one event of golf a year where everybody is crushed, hammered. But yesterday, <laughs> the thing got off started really well when a 24-year-old named Adam Stalmach decided to uh, streak the 18th hole. He ran out onto the uh, to the course. He was completely naked. He was being pelted by golf balls from the crowd. <laughs> he fell down quite a few times. Then he break danced, and then he eventually turned himself into the police. He did a headstand. Scott St- <laughs> Scottsdale Police uh, Sergeant Ben Hoster says that Stalmach showed signs and symptoms of alcohol intoxication. Uh, take it or leave it. He wasn't actually drunk. He was just happy. I'll take that. I'm gonna leave it. Yeah, I think he was pretty much hammered. Hammered drunk. Yeah, yeah. My favorite part of it, the falling down was fun. Awesome. Him just like running all over the place. Times. The break dancing was outstanding. The headstand was pretty cool. Uh, but was when he was in the middle of the fairway acting like he was practicing his his golf swing <laughs> with his, with his uh, own stick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the one that was, <laughs> it was just good, clean fun. Big says, what do you got for us? Take it or leave it. The entire city of Philadelphia will burn to the ground when the Super Bowl ends on a questionable call. I'll oh, leave it. Not uh, the entire. We'll I like too, different yeah. areas, probably. Right. And they're ready. They're ready down there. The the uh, p- the police are prepared for anything. I'll leave it too. I think they'll just march to the link and set that on fire. Russell Westbrook had a fan approach him on the court after last night's loss. Jeez. He pushed the fan in the chest. Take it or leave it. If you were the fan and were pushed by w- Russell Westbrook, you would push back. Uh, leave it. No, you should probably get your ass back to your seat. Correct. You should never be there. You're lucky he just pushed you. He could have thought you were assaulting him and just clocked you. That's right. Yeah. I don't think anybody's mad at Westbrook right now. Did you? If you saw it happen, That's it's bad. What is the dude doing out there? And and here's the thing: if you're a player, you're worried about your own safety, and he turns around and this guy's there. You don't know what that guy's about to do to you. He's lucky. All that happens is a is a little shove. Nobody wants to get Monica Sellist out there. No. Absolutely. It Tanya, has happened. Or, uh, Nancy Kerrigan. Nancy Kerrigan. Yeah. Why? Why? Well, so you don't win. That's why. There she is. Poor lady. <laughs> she's okay now. Is she? She got a little hitch in her giddy up. But she's all right. I thought she had it amputated. Did she? Yeah, right I don't afterwards. Know. I'll look it up. I don't sad, know about that. Yeah, sad story. I don't they had know to amputate. I, I am stumped on this one. I am not sure. <laughs> I can't find it. Not her leg. I'm just the the story. You cut your search short. <laughs> I did. Take it or leave it. Jake Allen will not be the starting goalie for the Blues in the playoffs. Oof. Leave it. I'm gonna take it. Leave it. He's back, baby. Did you watch last night? How many he points stopped, did they have? He stopped. He stopped 400 shots. It was a lot. 400. And one of them wasn't his fault. One of them. He was accosted by two men. 
Which, is, uh, which, by the way, is legal now. The NHL released a statement uh, saying it is okay to tackle the goaltender and push him out of the crease. I feel like you should put it into your game plan. It's just like we were talking about yesterday with, with the Patriots and Bill Belichick knowing what's going to be called and what's not going to be called. If that's not going to be called, you full-on slide tackle a guy, and then it opens up uh, a, a nice chance to score. Right. Take it or leave it. Philly will erect a statue of Nick Foles next to Rocky Balboa. Take it. Take it after they win. <laughs> after they win. <laughs> uh, I'm going to leave it. They, what they'll do with Nick Foles is they'll trade him to uh, Arizona directly after. Take it or leave it. When they do erect that statue, uh, he will be wearing those Napoleon Dynamite glasses. Take it. With uh, Todd's yeah, pocket. I agree. Take it or leave it. If Brady and Manning were in separate conferences, they would have met in at least eight Super Bowls. Leave it. That'd be fun. Oh, I'll take it. Why not? Sure, I like Just fun. every year you already know who it's going to be. Yeah, so you would have had like 01 to what? Between 01 and 15? 15, so 15 yeah, that's right. You would have had. God, uh, what year is it? Right now. 18? 18, huh. yeah. Yep. Time flies, you know, when you're having fun. It does. But then uh, that that means you would have had a couple of Roethlisberger and uh, Aaron Rodgers. Here and there. Yeah. Sprinkle them yeah. out. E- Eli. Maybe you, you would have had, uh, well, no, you wouldn't. You would have had Peyton and Eli in the same conference. It's or a Brady, much. Brady and Eli in yeah. the same conference. Which means that Brady would not have gotten to nearly as many Super Bowls. And take it or leave it, Jimmy Garoppolo will have more wins than both Case Keenum and Nick Foles next year. I will take that. I'm going to take it. Ooh, I am too. Take it. Yep. Are I you taking be it because player. you don't believe either one is going to be a starter or, or Case Keenum won't be a starter in mini? I think he's going to be the starter in mini. You think he is? Yeah, I think the Niners are going to be pretty good. Mm. I, think well, I, I agree with that. Yep. They already started to look that way. Yeah. I think that Last the, four uh, games. the Vikings just go get Kirk Cousins. That'd be interesting. But still. Garoppolo's never going to lose. He's 5-0. and oh. He's going to be 21. He's really good. Yeah, he is. You like that? Yep. Our thanks to uh, Big Sis, and thanks to you for your text to the Home Loan Expert text line at 65780. Next up, is the NFL's loss in popularity real? Well, one poll says yes. We'll talk about it next in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. New Wall Street Journal story is not surprising in St. Louis, but on a national level, It's got to be troubling for the NFL. The Wall Street Journal did a poll and determined that the NFL's core audience is slipping away at a rapid pace with a 9% decrease in interest in the league since 2014. The dip in interest comes from adult fans who reported to have followed the league closely. Just 51% of men between the ages of 18 and 49 now show what they call significant interest in the NFL that is down 75% from 2014. The poll also shows specifically that the NFL's core demographics, young men, that's you, have been following the sport less closely. The poll included interviews of 900 adults from January 13th to 17th. It didn't ask respondents why their interest changed. The results come on the heels of a 2017 season that saw a lot of fans express disinterest due to the number of players that were kneeling during the national anthem. I'm shocked at a 75% drop among adult men ages 18 to 49 in significant interest. Now, 
that could still mean interest or some interest, but that level of deep interest that was there appears to be dropping. I wonder if it's a, there are a couple of things here that I'm wondering. One, do they give numbers for 2015 and 16 to see if this is like a steady decline or do we just know about 2014 and now? Like we have no yeah. idea what was going on the last three years leading up to this because I think that's important because 2014 was before all the Anthem stuff was even happening. So right. if if interest was starting to go down before that, then you can't say it's because of it. Secondly, I do think there are a lot of people who are still watching and paying attention, but when that question is asked, I think they might say in protest themselves, mm-hmm. oh, I'm not interested anymore, but they are still watching because the truth is it is right now on television up against everything else, it beats everything. It wins yeah. every night. It, it does. It still wins, and I think that's a key. Now, the question about 2014, here's part of it. In 2014, 40% of mothers said they would encourage their child to play a sport other than football. Yep. That jumped to 53% now. The Sunday Super Bowl halftime performer, Justin Timberlake, obviously said that he wouldn't want his kid to play football. So if you, if you don't want your kids to play probably at some point you don't want them to watch either well who's watching then because it, it still is dominating the number one rated show too That's and it, but the, from a it's number one but it's not as dominant well, as it was everything at some point is going to hit a, an, apex an apex of sorts right. so uh, and maybe they're there but it still doesn't mean they're the, not the king of all sports and they are at this point and the revenue for them is still there ad revenue for the super bowl is at an all-time high and people are scrambling to get in and to pay the average uh, ad right now is five million dollars i think that's for uh is it for a 30 second or yeah, for a minute for a 30 second, uh, 30 second five million dollars for 30 seconds so uh and uh, they it's not like they're giving discounts for this people are just just fighting tooth and nail on who gets to advertise during a game like this so the nfl while maybe the ratings are down from a couple of years we all know that people are consuming sports in different ways whether it be via twitter maybe people go and actually hang out at a bar or hang out together uh something like that but uh, look it, it's still there it's still fine. And until there are no kids in any situation playing the game, right. which I don't see happening ever, uh, then I think it will continue. Well, we to talked be. about this yesterday that in the South, this conversation, oh, it actually was with Stalter who said in the South, they're not having this conversation where SEC country, and that's just, I mean, football is right. life down there. That's probably never going to change. And I think there's a. There, there is a chance that there becomes a time when football is not the number one sport, but you also always have to keep in mind that the audience, and this it almost sounds like a cliche, but it's absolutely true, audiences are getting more and more fragmented uh, every year. And it's not just because there are other, it used to be because, well, you went from like 10 channels on TV to 500, and now it's you went from 500 channels on television to maybe more than that, and then you've got... Um, uh, YouTube. People are watching mm-hmm. YouTube. Younger people are not necessarily consuming a lot of television. And for one entity to dominate everything else the way the NFL does, it is still really healthy. We There may not ever be a sport that gets to the level of viewership and interest mm-hmm. like the NFL was 10 years so ago. I-, I wonder if the NFL is getting the same sort of info that Fifty-one percent. They have to be. Uh, so that you think they're saying, "Oh, we we don't have any problems." 
No, I think no, because they want to max out as much revenue as they can get. You lose a seventy. That's why they're trying to go to Mexico and London. Of a key demographic in in four years, and you say, "Yeah, we're 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 still number one. We're good." No way, man. They they want to make as much as possible. Again, that's why they're trying to or talking about expanding to England or expanding to Mexico City because the more eyeballs they get on their product that's the more money they want that they're going to get in their pockets. You're always still going to try to build, no matter what your brand is, how good it it, it is going. And at some right. point you might see uh, people back off of it. Uh, but I, I feel like people keep trying to spin the narrative of it, the sport is dying. You're crazy if you think the sport is dying. The people have been saying about fine. baseball for years because the World Series ratings. Yeah, it's fine. Everything is, is. fine yes. right now for, for them. So uh, whether yeah, I get it. If you live here and you're jaded against the NFL, you don't want to watch anymore, I understand. Understand, there are hundreds of millions of people that will watch for you. Yep, it'll be fine. just not well, in LA. And at the end of the day, and we always get back mm. to this, it's going to be gambling, and ultimately there will be legalized gambling. You'll and see it go through the roof. Oh yeah, yeah. As, as oh, you're yeah. watching a game on your phone or your iPad, and you see the promo, uh, place your bet at NFL.com. All of a sudden, that $15 billion industry is $30 billion in the snap of a finger. It did so well when fantasy football was mm-hmm. right, and it still does. Like, a lot of people just watch games because I do. I'm guilty of that. A lot of times, Thursday night football, I don't care what happens. I don't have a rooting interest for either one of the teams, but I might have a, a tight end going, and late in the game when he gets that garbage touchdown, <laughs> I'm in, so I'm still watching at the end yeah. of it. You have a little bit of cheese on a game. You've got just a small stake in it. You're going to watch longer. That means ratings are up. That means advertisers still want in because the ratings are great and everything gets back to normal. Look what uh, gambling does, and I believe it was the Minnesota Vikings game on the walk-off touchdown because that extra mm-hmm. point mattered. People were watching the game even though it was over. The game was decided for that next minute or two. People are still watching because they want to see if they're going to actually kick the extra point or kneel because yeah. that that mattered to to the spread that night. And and that's just a microcosm of what gambling does. And the mm-hmm. fact that it's such a heavily gambled upon sport means people are always going to be really interested in it. I, I wonder where those people that had the deep rooted interest, where that 75 percent has gone. I I wonder how many people are being totally honest. Good question. Because I, I think you can say that. Oh, no, I'm mad at the NFL. I'm not watching, but they're watching. Because the numbers mm-hmm. don't pan out. There are still a lot of freaking people that are watching. So where, so where are they making it up? And if you, if you are serious, that is a great question. Because if you are diehard football, like that mm-hmm. was what you did, that was your Sundays, and now you're watching, did you just switch to Saturdays? Are you just watching college football now and you're, you're in on that? Because uh, I doubt that you went from like NFL to like NBA and it was that easy of right. a transition or for you. Yeah, I would have to think that, that you're still watching some sort of football in some sort of capacity. That's the only thing that makes sense. Well, to wouldn't me. it? I mean, Randy, and I, again, I know we're all, none of us here are really good at mathematics, but if there's a 75% drop in interest, wouldn't there be like a, at least a 70% drop in viewership? Definitely, definitely. And there's not. Well, hey, hey Rain Man. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like, you you would say I'm not interested, but I'm still well, kind of watching, so let's just, say 50%. But we're only looking at a singular demographic. We're only looking at men 18 to 49. So, And when we get TV ratings, we're looking at probably 12-plus TV ratings. So that group, that old group, that me, is still watching. They're, they're sitting in their Barco lounge or awash yeah. with football. <laughs> and, uh, the, but 
that group, especially the younger end of the demographic, that you need to develop brand loyalty with. The NFL better take care of those people. And they yeah, better, I agree. They, they, they better somehow grab those people. And, but the biggest segment there is that adult group that you're talking about. And they got if, us. If, that, if that has apparently dropped off 75%, you would see a massive hit in the ratings, and it's it's not happening. But it's gone from... It's gone sig- down a little it's bit. Gone, it's gone from significant... In, in it, I don't have the, the entire story. I didn't have time to read the entire story. But it's gone from significant hardcore interest to some interest. So yeah. that you're still watching, but just not as intently as you did before. I wonder how much things are going to get better for them. When they do fix the catch rule, because I, I honest to God, think that's one of the biggest problems they have, because you can't have people getting frustrated watching the simplest concept of the game happen and not understand what's going on. And I I have to believe that bringing the celebrations back this year helped them, too. There was a a kid when Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick, what's his name? Roger Goodell, when he did his uh, state of the league. When he did his State of the League, they allowed it. There was a kid question, yeah, and his ridiculous. question was about celebrations. He and he said, "How are you going to continue to expand that mm-hmm. in order to appeal to people like me?" Mm-hmm. And then I, I forgot what his answer yeah. was. I, I think it would have been cool if the kid would have said, "Commissioner Goodell, I'm the uh, the Play 60 kid." So four years ago at your Super Bowl press conference, you said that. Stan Kroenke <laughs> bought that piece of land, but you didn't know why. Kevin Demoff said that they knew in 2013 that they knew why. Were you being lied to, or were, were they lying to you? And if so, how do you feel about it? Well, that was the next question from Timmy, who's who's eight <laughs> years old from Webster Groves. He did, he did say, hey, what about all of this? You lied to us, didn't you? Coming up next, get your text into the Home Loan Expert text line 65780. The Sports Six Pack coming your way on 101 ESPN. Great to have you with us here in the fast lane on 101 ESPN. It's uh, billions of dollars. Doing that. I like that. It's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> we want your text to the Home Loan Expert text line 65780 <laughs> with the uh, the sports six pack Big Sizz as your questions for us. <laughs> if opening day was today, it'd be too damn cold. It would be, it'd be really cold. Game canceled. Uh, who would make up your bullpen? Oh, this is easy. I think it's the same guys that are going to make it up in so three months. I'm going to have Ty Lai and uh, Brett Cecil. Those are my two left-handers. My right-handers are going to be Luke Gregerson. I'm going to have Matt Bowman. I'm going to have John Brebia. I am going to have... you got to have uh, the new guy, DeLeon. Oh, yeah. Oh, DeLeon. Uh, Leon. Uh, Leon. Uh, Leon. Dominic Leon. And he looks then, good, too. Uh, Tui Vailala. One, Just those seven? No, you got you got to pick another one that you're not going to use. There's got to be an eighth reliever that's never going to get off the Edward Mujica. The oh, Mujica. So whoa, eight. whoa, whoa. <laughs> whoa you throw Mujica right into the fold? Well, why no, I, not, think you, I think you pretty much nailed he your bullpen. Five games in the last two years. I, I might be missing somebody, right? I don't know. I think I, I was writing down names as you were uh, speaking there, and I feel pretty uh, pretty Did good you see about that, that pen uh, you've got. Soko signed with a with somebody signed a minor league deal. No, did he? Yeah, so good for him. I liked him. He was uh, he was just in a position with the Cardinals that he um, he was basically blocking everybody else. And when you're throwing not so well, you can't yeah. do that when you're out of options. Uh, I don't think you missed anybody. John Randy. Gant. 
Maybe. I mean, if you if you, you want that keep swing him guy, as your sixth or seventh starter. Yeah, I don't mind that option. I, I think that they like what they saw out of Ryan Sheriff last year, but he's not going to supplant either Tyler Lyons no. or, or Brett Cecil from the left side. So I think yeah, that's uh, we've got our group. There you go. That'll be it on opening. There's going to be eight. If there's eight, seven, seven's the number. Didn't you go with it? most of the year was eight, I right? Think, last year. Yeah, but that's Probably. crazy. <laughs> so you're uh, so you've got you gotta have you, a guy that never thirteen used, pitchers. Why are you looking at me when you say that? You jerk! I so, wasn't looking. You gotta have a guy that doesn't uh, do no, anything. He's just there to you. get everybody drinks and coffee no, and stuff. I was looking so past you, you have, Brad. So, well, that's what Tony did. <laughs> <laughs> Thompson, move! Hey, I want to see who's left. Hey, you got a <laughs> ring just like everybody else. If you have eight, then your bench is Kelly Garcia. Martinez and um, either Bader or Jerko O'Neal. because they're yeah. going to sign Mustakas. Yeah, either Bader so or So that he can't O'Neal. have the eight. So you only have one backup in. Well, Carson Kelly will probably be a backup corner guy in emergencies. And Martinez would be a uh, backup first baseman too. And Marp can play anywhere <laughs> except for shortstop. So and Garcia is your backup shortstop. So four man bench. Not great. Cool. Cool. The Patriots are known for taking away their opponent's best player. If you are the Patriots, who are you taking away this Sunday? Fletcher Cox. I'm taking away Zach Ertz. Yep. Mm. Uh, well, I would say Ertz over Jeffrey just because uh, Jeffrey's been taken away a lot already this year. Zach Ertz is it, very, very tough it, to cover. They, they're going to want to go to him. Uh, Foles is going to want to get the ball out quick and yeah. get it in his hands and do something. So Zach Ertz is the guy that I would focus on. It's a good bet. Offensively, I think Ertz is a great call. Defensively, the best player on their team is Cox. Well, I think, and Jeffrey's already had a few games. Like, there was one time, I think two games in a row, he had one catch. And they have great corners. So, so yeah. yeah. So you're focusing on Cox? I always, he always do. does. Okay. Oh, he's a good player. Was Jake Allen's performance last night good enough to earn him more starts? Yes. Or was Hutton's performance too good to overlook? The answer yes. is yes. Yeah, yes. it is. No, seriously. Uh, Jake Allen played really well, and if he ends up starting tomorrow night, everybody would just look at it and say, yeah, okay, yep, I'm fine with that. And well. if Carter Hutton is starting, <laughs> people are like, yeah, no, I can see that. I, I think there are going to be a lot of people that are going to be mad. Regardless of Allen's night, there will be a lot of fans upset if Hutton's not back out there. Well, you don't like it, play better. Shut him out. <laughs> I don't. Uh, hey, knock those knock those two guys out of your crease, would you? At least the act of set about it. <laughs> At least yeah. slam your stick off the goal. He doesn't have enough passion. Uh, I, I think when you have uh, when you only save forty three out of forty five, I think that y- you need to do better than that. Randy says, tongue in cheek. <laughs> if you were given the option to select one offensive player and one defensive player all time for your Super Bowl roster, who are you taking? I'm taking Aaron Rodgers. That's my offensive player. Okay. Uh, Thought he might play linebacker. Oh, meat, sick burn. Such an idiot. (laughs) They can be players that didn't play in the Super Bowl, too? Yeah, sure. Okay. You're such an idiot. (laughs) Uh, Not you, Randy. I'm talking about meat still. My defensive player is going to be Lawrence Taylor. Oh, Oh, damn, that's good. He's all right. And I think my offensive player... The guy that's going to be the cornerstone that I'm going to be build around is Anthony Munoz. Really? Yep. I'm going to go Tom Brady, because dude's a winner. Uh, and uh, defense player, I'm going a healthy J.J. Watt. I'm going uh, new school. 
There you go. Good call. Would I be stupid if I picked Troy Palomalu? No, he's good. I really liked him, especially in the playoffs. Rams got Jimmy Kennedy rather than him one time in the draft. Oh. Because they didn't want to spend that much money on a safety. Well, you knew the yeah, upside that I mean, Jimmy you... Kennedy had, though, Randy. Oh, yeah, true. It's, yeah, He, he was, was everywhere, though. He was a freak, physical freak. I could take, well, you know what? I, I might take Brian Urlacher. It's one of those two guys, and I'm not picking. Next. Which storyline would be the biggest surprise for you after the Super Bowl? Nate Sudfeld leading the uh, <laughs> the, the Eagles to victory after Nate, Nick Foles is injured in the first quarter. <laughs> That'd be really good. Mine was focused around Nick Foles, but no, I mean, yours is, is definitely uh, more impressive. Nick Foles MVP of the Super Bowl. Uh, mine would be then, uh, I'll go a different direction, Doug Peterson outsmarts Bill Belichick. That's a good one. They'd like be that. like, damn, didn't see that coming. <laughs> Tom, never mind. Uh, I'm good. Oh, come on, give us one. Come on, Ron, we know you like to talk. I was going to say, oh, yeah, I'm the only one. Uh, I was going to say Tom Brady fractured wrist because he doesn't get hurt. Oh, that'd be tremendous. Never gets hurt. We Can't got get hurt. we got a couple, actually four delicious cookie cakes this afternoon. Thank you, Schnucks. Four. Yeah, thank you. Where are the other two? Uh, they're gone. Don't worry about it, Ron. I gave them to the sales staff. Did you pull a Randy? No, I did not pull a Randy. You ate them before they got back. I'm not here? that impressive. Anyways, those are chocolate chip. I believe all of them are. What is your ideal cookie for your Super Bowl party? Just chocolate chip. Chocolate chip. Chocolate chip is by far, yep. hands down, my favorite cookie on earth. I ask for help a lot, by the way, uh, on the text line. But if you have the best chocolate chip cookie in town, uh, throw that to us, 65780. I mean, I you love... You brought in some outstanding chocolate chip cookies Yeah, they yesterday. were great. Those were from uh, Woods Bakery on the ill side over in O'Fallon. Mm-hmm. Those were outstanding. Delicious. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I just love me some chocolate chip cookies. I'm going to change my mind. Yes. I'm going to go with chocolate M&M cookies. It's a good choice. Chocolate are... M&M? Okay, yeah, so similar. That... Yep. But yeah, no, I, like I like oatmeal that. chocolate chip. Oh, gross. Yeah. Disgusting. Uh, uh, Roger, if you had to pick any dessert, any dessert, what would it be? <laughs> yeah. So? Yeah. No, it's good. Uh, if, if Randy, Randy, you, mm-hmm. you bring in some pie next week, and I will eat the hell out of your What's pie. What's your favorite yeah. pie, Ronge? Blueberry. You got it. I'll make it. Randy, what was your favorite cookie? Chocolate chip. Is it? Yeah. We're just, we're just traditional All-American here. <laughs> next question, apple pie. <laughs> Uh, I gotta, I gotta tell you, I'm not a huge apple pie fan. Really? You yeah. Contrarian SOB. I'm, I'm not even being. A, this is true. I've been saying it for. I, I just don't like cooked apples. I don't like it. Say cooked apples five times faster. Cooked that comes apples. Out. Cooked apples. Cooked apples. Nailed it. <laughs> That's only three. I can't do five. That's it. That's, that. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Well, that was fun. That was good. Thanks for your text to the Home Loan Expert text yeah. line, 65780. Cool. Super Bowl 52 coming up on Sunday. The professor, John Clayton, is in Minneapolis, and he's with us next on 101 ESPN. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Brad Thompson, Chris Ranji, Randy Carricker, John Clayton standing by on the Lufius Kia Celebrity Line. We have Super Bowl 52 coming up. John Clayton, how many of those 52 Super Bowls will you have attended after Sunday? I'm 41 of 52. Pretty so good. Wow. A pretty good percentage. Yeah, 41 of 52. 
Jeez. I had to literally go back on uh, uh, pro football uh, reference and then kind of double check to say, okay, which ones did I miss? So I missed 11. Now, I, I, this is totally unfair, uh, but I'm going to ask you anyhow. Do you have a favorite or a most memorable out of those? I don't know, and it may be, I don't know, because it, it brings up the cold. I still remember the first one in Detroit, and that one I just really liked. I mean, that was Cincinnati going up against San Francisco. There was the great drive by Joe Montana. It was an interesting game with, uh, you know, one of the Bengal players kind of went AWOL in the middle of the week. There was something I liked about that. I think, though, if you look for a consecutive period, some of the most recent ones have been the best. I mean, the great, you have to love the comeback by the Patriots, and then, of course, the uh, play at the one-yard line by the Seahawks and how they screwed that up by not running with Marshawn Lynch. Clearly, that 25-point comeback by the Patriots last year has to rank up there. But there's been some real good ones. The two that the Giants beat the Patriots were real good games. It wasn't that good, even though you know it was kind of a weird game with the Ram game going against the Patriots. It was just kind of different. Carolina's game was a little bit different. But, I mean, it seems like whenever you have the Patriots in there, it could be good, bad, or indifferent, but it's always a close game. It seems like most people look at this Super Bowl as the Eagles being the most complete team, even though they've lost their quarterback going up against a team who's got one of the best coaches of all time, maybe the best, and the best quarterback of all time. Uh, how much of a chance do you give Philadelphia in this one? Well, I give them a chance because everybody who does play the Patriots as dominating as they've been through the years usually has a chance to win. I mean, there really hasn't been any Patriot blowouts that, uh, that I can remember. I mean, I know this is their seventh, but again, you know, you have a chance to win against them because, I mean, you look what Bill Belichick does, and obviously it's a salary cap here, and once they started to establish themselves, they had to, you know, move players and not keep players. I mean, they've traded a couple years ago. They're two best defensive players, and their defense isn't great, but it's good enough. But still, in the end, you have Tom Brady, you have Bill Belichick. They make it all right, and so because of that, uh, you know, the Eagles are the more complete team. I think they have better talent on defense. They've got good talent on offense, but what they don't have is Tom Brady, and what they don't have is Bill Belichick. John Clayton is with us in the fast lane on 101 ESPN. Earlier in the week, the Kansas City Chiefs uh, uh, traded quarterback Alex Smith to Washington. He gets a four-year extension. What are the chances that Smith gets the Redskins past Philadelphia and to this game at some point during those five years? Well, I mean, I think there's an advantage right now by Carson Wentz over Alex Smith temporarily, but of course that may not necessarily show until totally 2019. We'll see how he comes back from his knee injuries, and I say plural now because I think his LCL was hurt along with his ACL, but I think he'll come back, and I think ultimately he's going to be the better quarterback. And I mean, you've seen what it's been with Alex Smith. I mean, Alex Smith is kind of like that Chad Pennington type of quarterback that gets you to the playoffs, but doesn't necessarily get you deep into the playoffs. And so if they have a good offseason of, you know, fixing some things on defense and, you know, getting more more out of their offensive line, more out of their wide receiving core, then I think that they have a chance. But right now I think Philadelphia has the edge. You know, Dallas, I think, should be able to bounce back after this past year. But uh, right now I think Philly's the best team and most complete team in this division. But I do think that Alex, you know, having the trade, ending all these two years of worrying where Kirk Cousins is going to go, you know, should be able to settle something down and do some good things. Say what you want about Alex Smith this past season. I mean, he had an MVP caliber season, and that right now that would be a slight upgrade over Kirk Cousins, but again, not a big upgrade. Professor, do you have a specific storyline heading into Sunday that interests you the most? 
Well, first off, as long as Houston uh, broadcasters don't start beating each other up like they did early in the week, uh, you know, because that's been the most physical thing that's happened. I guess the storyline is probably, you know, more how aggressive can Doug Peterson and Nick Foles be in a second half of a game against uh, Bill Belichick when Bill Belichick knows that Doug Peterson is more aggressive than Doug Marone. I mean, you go back to the Jacksonville game as well as the uh, Jaguars played, they got too cautious. Got too cautious on defense, got too cautious on offense, had the critical three and out with too many conservative calls, and lost the game. Where you know on the other side, and of course Bill Belichick knows that, Doug's going to chuck it. He's going to try to do some aggressive plays. But that's where I think Bill's going to try to match up because you know he has more man-to-man ability than he did last year, and because of that, he may be able to get that second-half turnover, force fumble, or whatever it's going to be to win the football game. I believe Foles in the last one was like four of five with passes over 20 yards. That was in the uh, in the conference championship game. But sometimes what does happen in the Super Bowl, like you mentioned, is uh, coaches will go a little bit more conservative. They not that they're playing scared, but kind of. Is it is it possible he does that because you've got the Patriots who are basically playing with house money? Um, I don't. I know they don't look at it that way, but I think people kind of look at it that way. They've already won all these championships. Might the Eagles, if they get close and they're leading in the fourth quarter, do you think they would resort to being more conservative out of fear of losing the lead as opposed to uh, trying to pile on? I just get the feeling that uh, because everybody is bringing it up, rightfully so, because that seems to be Doug Peterson's uh, at least uh, resume and what he's been able to do this season, that he probably does stay more aggressive, and that's where I think Bill Belichick will try to be able to get him because I think he's going to make it a point. And understand, you know, when you have a team that's been to eight Super Bowls, they've seen everything. Bill Belichick has seen everything. And understand how, uh, I think, uh, you know, compartmentalized and how comfortable Bill Belichick is. You know, yesterday I was supposed to get a couple interviews after the uh, interview session with the Patriots, and uh, they were set aside for me, but I couldn't do them because Pat Kerwin and uh, Jim Miller were able to get 14 minutes with Bill Belichick alone before a press conference. Wow. You never see that happen. We're at the Super Bowl, and Bill Belichick being so gracious to uh, the moving the chains duo and uh, being able to do that, and I was just stunned because of that. That tells me, particularly at a time when the Two Bills documentary came out on 30 for 30 and uh, all these things, that Bill has a very confident level right now and is at peace with himself because he knows what's going on. Same with Tom Brady. For Doug Peterson, well, this is his first chance in there. And when your first chance is with a backup quarterback, Nick Foles or whoever, it's just going to be tough. So whether they play cautious, whether they play overly aggressive, I mean, Bill Belichick will have an answer just like Tom Brady will have an answer. John, you're describing a Bill Belichick who sounds eerily like one of his very good friends, the 2011 Tony La Russa here in St. Louis. And after the World Series championship, Tony retired. Could you envision Belichick with what you d- just described? Could you could you envision him walking away? Only if Bon Jovi comes off tour. <laughs> because, again, it's like, I mean, here, the question is, what's going to go longer? Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, or Bon Jovi? And, of course, we hope Bon Jovi goes the longest because we like, we like Bon Jovi. But, uh, no, I, th- I think that he wants to coach for however long. And it's not, I don't think it's a matter now that he wants to coach until Tom Brady retires. I think it wouldn't surprise me he wants to coach a little bit uh, longer than that. He's so comfortable, and I think he realizes, you know, one, there's no coach – that realizes the history of the game better than Bill Belichick. And now he realizes in the history of the game, he now might be the greatest coach ever. I mean, the fact that, uh, at least in the NFL, I mean, if you go 6-2 and two in the Super Bowl, nobody can top that. 
I mean, look how long it's going to take for somebody to even think about topping that. But six championships like that, and I think that, uh, you know, he likes playing this out. Now, it's going to be more of a challenge in the future because he's going to lose Josh McDaniels. He's going to lose Matt Patricia. He could lose Dante Scarnicchia. He could retire. And then, uh, you know, we'll see about the special teams coaches in the last year of his contract. So I don't think this is his last gas, but I think he wants to coach several more years. John, uh, Gronk obviously out of uh, concussion protocol. If you are the Eagles, how do you how do you slow him down? There is no shutting down a monster like that. What do you have to do to slow him down? Well, what you have to do is try to get the right matchup at the safety, and they have the ability to do that with Malcolm Jenkins. But then, of course, that's where Bill Belichick is going to be able to come in with Josh McDaniels and try to figure it out. Because if you do a good job covering him, then, of course, you know what they might do is just use him more blocking. Or what I know I talked to uh, Lorenzo Alexander about that yesterday. You know What they do is they'll bring him in the backfield, and now your safety has to commit up. And now all of a sudden, now you have a linebacker or a defensive end covering Gronk, and that's going to be a significant advantage. So no matter what they do, Bill Belichick has an answer, and Tom Brady can get him the football. That's why, for the most part, you know they score uh, almost a touchdown like in uh, three quarters of the game that Gronk plays, and that's why he's so good. And now that Gronk is healthy, I mean, now watch out. I mean, he could be the MVP of the game. Deion Lewis could be the MVP of the game. James White could be the MVP of the game. But ultimately, it's probably going to be Tom Brady. Let's say Nick Foles has a great game and wins. Nick Foles has a great game and wins. If that happens, will Philadelphia uh, keep him next season, or do you think they'll try and trade him? I think they'll be tempted if they can get the right deal to trade him. You know, clearly they're not going to get the same value as they did for Sam Bradford, but I think what it comes down to is they can go into training camp because they're so comfortable. It's a two-year, $11 million deal. They can go ahead and try to uh, you know, just see if somebody loses a quarterback in training camp, then he could be the top guy that they can get a draft choice for. Maybe it's going to be a, a four, maybe a three, or maybe a two, but I think they'd like to keep him. I mean, think about this. I mean, last year they paid in 2016 $7 million a year for Chase Daniels, and then Chase Daniels decides, I don't want to be here because I want to go someplace else. Okay, so now they pay five and a half a year for Nick Foles, and look how well it, uh, it works. They know the value of a good backup quarterback, and they're willing to pay that good value. But if they can get good value in return, and I think that's going to be more injury than anything else, they'll take it. Finally, John, you'll be involved with the Hall of Fame selection tomorrow in Minneapolis. Who are the absolute locks in your mind? Ray Lewis. And then after that, anything can happen. Really? You know, Even yeah, with Moss? Uh, yeah, because, I mean, what's interesting, of course, I mean, I just left Isaac Bruce on the uh, Sirius set uh, like about an hour ago, and obviously he's hoping something good can happen, and he could take some votes away from T.O. T.O. can take away some votes from Art. I think Art probably, Art and uh, Brian Urlacher probably stand in the number two or three chances to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, you know, with five offensive linemen, including Steve Hutchinson, Kevin Mawai, Alan Fanica. You know, that's going to be a battle. You've got Edger and James in there. I think there's an outside chance that Brian Dawkins or John Lynch can swing in there. It's a great group. I mean, this is a very deep group. And when you have a deep group, anything can happen. I mean, Ray Lewis for sure, and then anything else after that. John Clayton, always great to have you with us. Thanks so much. Enjoy the weekend. Okay, sounds good. Thanks. See you later. That is the great John Clayton joining us here via the Lufus Kia Celebrity Line on 101 ESPN. Coming up next as we roll on from our City Place studios in Grief Corps. Better be careful not to get a deep grope this weekend. I know. Unless it's consensual. Dilly dilly, free beer in Philly. If the Eagles win on Sunday, that could happen. We'll tell you how next before, with all due respect, in the fast lane on 101 ESPN.